Ave Maria, grazia plena, Dominus Tecum. to the red text my name is voga and i am voga lumisente and i'm rai aka the mestizo mystic and it's just the two of us it's just family today oh my gosh just this, the two of us this has been it's been a while since we've it's just been the two of us right like because i think the last two episodes have been guests with a guest yeah. yeah we had franny and chris so it's just the two of us uh, tonight let's have a kiki yeah let's have a kiki um rai how are you doing you know, on brand with the topic of this episode today, I'm still <laughs> dealing with like burnout, both from the job I recently quit, as well as just like spiritual burnout, which I feel is finally beginning to take a turn. Like I've, I, I believe I may have found the foot in the door into what I needed to like start really reengaging with the spiritual practice, not even necessarily mm. like magical, just like spiritual overall which i think also goes hand in hand with magical because you can't really have a foundation in one without the other at least i believe and so just being really like mindful of that burnout and working with it rather than against it and it feels like spirit is is guiding me into a new direction not entirely new though i mean i'll go into more Mm. detail in the episode but other than that i'm i'm okay and uh this earlier today i um for the longest time, I've been meaning to make uh, a small new altar to Santa Muerte in my house because you and I are taking the class with Spiritus Arcanum of um, Foundations of Folk Magic. And he had shared that he had learned from one of his teachers in the tradition of Santa Muerte that you should always have like an image or a figure of her at the highest point in the home. And I was taught something similar that her her altar should always be like the highest in a room um, above any and other all altars. Yeah, I didn't always have that. Not that I ever felt that it was a problem. But when I heard that from Matthew, uh, Matthew Venus, who hosts the Foundations of Folk Magic course, I was like, oh, that that makes sense that she should be like, no matter where in the house, like at the highest spot. And so I have a bookshelf in our living room. And I'm pretty sure that's the highest point in our house other than like these small spaces above our cupboards in the kitchen. But those are gross. So I'm not going to put her there. So anyways, I built her a small altar on top of the bookshelf and there's bubbles in that glass of water. That flame is looking good. I cleansed the fuck both physically and spiritually out of the top of that shelf. And it was disgusting. And so that just that felt nice to finally do because I've just been putting it off for for so long. And I definitely feel like she's she's pleased with that nice but uh other than that it's been a chill day how have you been first of all i want to just um shout that class out because the class is absolutely incredible if y'all can i the class is just worth the list of resources they sent you did you did you see the did you get the email of the link to the list of of reading i don't i don't it's uh, quite don't it's quite so. extensive or i haven't check seen your it. email check your email because it's quite extensive it's a very very good list and i'm just like whoa um it's a very good it's a very very good was it um, recent or mm-hmm. yeah i think it was within the last couple of days but yes it's a very good class it's uh like it like what rye said it's through uh with uh, matthew venus who is spiritus arcanum on instagram 
if y'all get the chance to do the class next time that they post it up, please do. It's very, very good. Um, I'm doing fine. <laughs> um, not necessarily great, not necessarily bad, stressed out. I'm just kind of like coasting right now, which I'm very grateful for because mm. I haven't coasted in a while. Um, there was a little bit of a hiccup, though, on my way to... Um, I, I was running some errands on Saturday, this past Saturday, with my mom. We were driving on the freeway. We were having a conversation. I was listening. I'm on this disco kick right now. Um, I've always loved disco, but like right now, I've been really on this disco kick. And you know what's so funny? That TikTok is actually what prompted it because someone... There's like this viral dance that people are doing to um, Let It Whip. Do you know that song? Sing it for me. Oh, I don't, I don't know the lyrics by heart. But if you heard it, you would know exactly what I was Probably. talking about. But it's, um, it's, it, it's classic disco song. Um, so it prompted me to like, or it made me want to listen to disco more. So I've been on this dis- this disco. Any- anyways, this that's beside the point. I was into disco. I was in a really good mood. Uh, my mom also really likes disco. So we were just listening to disco. We are vibing. And we were driving down the freeway and this huge, like, brown metal thing flew onto my fucking windshield, scared the living shit out of me and cracked my windshield. Oh, and my it God. Hit, it hit the passenger side of my car. So it terrified me because, like, it was huge. Like, it was absolutely enormous. Um. That's some Final and, Destination shit. I know, and it scared me. And my mom was sitting in the passenger seat, so it scared it scared me even more. Thank God it wasn't any worse. All just, I mean, thank God it wasn't um, anything worse because it could have been much worse. It could have one shattered my windshield. Did you know that if you shatter your windshield, your car is totaled? Really? Mm-hmm. Because if glass gets into the vent, into the vent, because there's a vent right underneath right. the windshield, if glass gets into the vent, they have to replace the entire dash fuck i never even thought of that yeah so the the cost to replace the dash the entire that entire console part is worth more than your car oh my god so your car is totaled because that's what my mechanic said and it's like it's a good thing this didn't shatter because you would this car would have been totaled if your if your windshield but the windshield is really strong it's tempered glass so i think it's not meant to shatter Mm -hmm. i guess i don't know it's not supposed to break into a million pieces. It's not like the um, your windows. Your windows are meant to break into a million pieces, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Anyways, um, so yeah, that happened. <laughs> oh my god! So I'm glad you guys are safe. Yeah, we were we were fine. Like it was like it was like a like that big, and then there was like a tail that maybe like I don't know, like a six like a six inch tail from the initial like impact, like where it actually hit. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? Okay, so I pulled over because I was upset. So I was like, mom, I need to calm down. And she goes, that's a good idea. Um, so I pulled over. I looked at the crack. I called my insurance company. And I was like, I, this happened, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, okay, we can't get anyone out to you until Wednesday. And I was like, cool. And I have a $500 deductible. And I was just like, cool. That's $500 that I didn't want to pay right now. So that happened. And, um, I was, we ran our errands. And then when I, when I was driving home, it, the crack got bigger. Oh and no. I was like, mm, Oh no. <laughs> so I can't drive my car right now because I'm scared that it's going to, the crack is getting bigger. Fuck. And my dad goes, yeah, that's going to happen because the glass will settle or the glass will move when you're driving because of the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes the pressure of the wind will will put pressure on the glass and it'll crack it. So it, it, the the crack is from the like the far right corner where the passenger, like the bottom corner of the passenger side, 
mm-hmm. all almost all the way halfway into the oh middle of the... Oh my god. Yeah. So that was really fucking annoying. I'm looking, I'm paying it. When things like this happen, I always like for the next couple of days, I like try to pick up on things, like see if there's other signs that something might've been laid on me or if like Malokio or, mm-hmm. um, you know, the evil eye is like on me in, in any way. So I just, I'm just trying to pay attention right now. So far, so good. Um, oh, we just went through, uh, and if you can't see me, if you're listening to the audio version of this, a tropical storm in in california um i don't know it was really strange because i was tracking the storm the entire time i was like we're gonna be fine i mean i packed a bag just in case um i I packed like a like a small duffel with like clothes and stuff and i filled up some water bottles just in case just in case um but i was tracking i was like this is this is nothing (laughs) um the fear-mongering online was kind of intense like people were really like intense and these were like people from like the east coast to where like hurricanes happen all the time where they're just like you need to get water you need to get food you need to hunker down you need to stay in your house blah 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 and it was a day and a half of heavy rain it wasn't even a whole day it was like two and a half hours of really heavy rain i mean better to um, be safe than sorry oh 100 but some parts of la were flooded just because the rain was so heavy yeah and also the like the infrastructure is not so great here our gutters are completely clogged with garbage um the dodger stadium was completely underwater oh my god yeah some of my friends who live up in the hills like there was like water getting into the into their house like it in some pla- parts of LA it actually did flood pretty severely so but on my side there was nothing nothing every where where i am in LA nothing happened damn so i'm grateful for that yeah no <laughs> so i'm, I'm just kind of safe. paying attention right now like extra safe uh, with every the, the fucking car crash the rain all of it i know well i had a one of my friends was doing a, is is in the middle of a very 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 heavy curse and they were well i they were like i invoked a typhoon god so sorry everybody <laughs> and i was like i don't think this was you <laughs> but also i was like hmm, maybe i was like thanks a lot appreciate it we love a little spiritual um, ego boost yeah and i was like good for you <laughs> it's like a little pat on the back because you know you never know you never know um i was able to conjure the fog so who someone can conjure a fucking hurricane who fucking knows um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of coasting right now. I'm just kind of dealing with life. I'm waiting for my glass to be replaced. I'm going to have to fork over $500 to get my glass. Yeah. $500 to get my glass replaced, which is so fucking annoying. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. That's all right. I'm doing some blasphemy work tomorrow. We're going to a bar to promote blasphemy. So that's going to be fun, I guess. But I'm just like, ugh. you know, anyways. Yeah. how are you going to get there? Franny's picking me up. <laughs> I was like, I, I called Franny because I, I texted Jeff and Franny. We were in a, in a little group text, a group chat. And I was like, I, because I was, I was so mad too, because when it happened on Saturday, Jeff was like, come to Akbar. It's um, Madonna night. And I was like, that sounds like so oh. fucking fun. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. And I could have went to Akbar. I could have Ubered there. Um, but I was like, I'm not spending any money for the next couple of weeks because I'm about to fork over $500 for a new windshield. And I told him the whole situation. But I told Franny, I was like, Franny, we have to go to she, we have to go to precinct on th- Tuesday. Can you can't pick me up. So, you know, she's very sweet. And she's she's coming out of my out of her way to come pick me up and drop me off. And that's mostly because she doesn't have anything to do. Um, 
you know what what she has to do is involves me so she might as well just pick me up yeah um <laughs> no she's very sweet she's, got a point. she does it all the time she's always like um do you want me to come pick you up i was like franny i'm literally like 20 minutes out out of the way she goes i don't care she's very sweet she's a very good friend because she knows how much i hate driving and she doesn't mind driving but she's also really bad at it <laughs> anyways so <laughs> yeah um with all these things stacked on t- on top of each other you know one could understandably become overwhelmed and kind of want to just like crawl up in a ball and not do anything, which I understand, Um, which is a perfect segue into our topic today, which is burnout, which Rye mentioned earlier in the um, episode and not just, you know, burnout, like just in general burnout, but spiritual and magical burnout, which is something that we both have experienced before. It's not an easy thing to deal with. Like you start to feel kind of like numb. You start to feel kind of like stagnation. You don't feel like you're learning anymore. You feel like you're just kind of sitting still and nothing is really happening. And there could be a lot of reasons why this could this could be happening to you. So I think I think it's a really good time for us to kind of explore it. What happens when you experience sp- uh, spiritual or magical burnout or like what's happened to us, how to deal with it and how to avoid it in the future. I haven't, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to get used to it. I'm, tr- I'm still trying to use, you know, cultivate the tools and the skills needed to, one, avoid regular burnout, like physical burnout, and then also magical and spiritual burnout. But Rye, what does burnout look at, look like for you? Like, what, how does it feel and what does it look like? How have you experienced spiritual magical burnout? Hmm, I mean, I'm like in it right now, so it's not going to be too hard, I think, for me to describe. But like you mentioned, just there's like no motivation right and it's very aligned with just like burnout in in a career too i mean the last year and a half honestly two years i was burnt out at my job that i recently quit to the point where like i was purposely showing up late because i just didn't give a shit anymore and i just i was i was doing the bare minimum until i was gonna get in trouble which i barely ever did so it's just like you stop giving it your all you just not even just your all you just stop giving time and energy to whatever it is that was fulfilling you, whether that's regular burnout with a career or spiritually, magically with, with devotions that you have, with offerings that you give, with even doing ritual work, spell work, um, prayer, whatever. Like I, I remember back when I got into praying the rosary again as like a folk Catholic um, before I even took on that label, like I, uh, for a good year, I was praying the rosary at least a bare minimum of once a day and carving out the time for that. And there were times, there was like a very short time where I was praying it three to four times a day. And now I, I barely pray the rosary once a week. And so just this transition from like the spirituality and magic being your everything, or at least speaking from the eye being my everything to then like finding it difficult, almost like depression, like finding it's so difficult to find the motivation to even do those smallest of things. And of course the, the root causes of the burnout can, can vary wide and far but yeah so for me it's the motivation just not caring anymore which also is like a double-edged sword because then i feel the guilt for not caring because i'm like my spirits and ancestors have got me to where i am and yet i can't even find the energy to do uh, some type of devotional for them once a week or something because i just don't have that that willpower to do so i'm trying to think of any other symptoms i might be forgetting it definitely makes life seem for me more lackluster I think magic uh, as a practice and spirituality 
as an embodied practice just adds so much more vibrancy to life when it comes to experiencing and viewing interconnectedness and community. Mm -hmm. And also when you're just doing magic, like when you feel that energy flowing or just the, the fucking dopamine rush that comes with seeing a spell come into fruition, right? And like having that childlike wonder, like that all for me disappears when I'm in these ruts of burnout because it's just not, it's just not happening. And that's probably one of the toughest parts is like suddenly it's like going from living in full color to living in black and white. I think that for the most part sums up burnout for spiritual and magically for me, but obviously we have this whole episode to talk about it. So burnout is, is a very uncomfortable. Um, and you know, it's, I, you know, it's happening that the, the thing that really happens to me just with any sort of burnout, whether it be physical burnout or spiritual burnout is like anxiety and, and depression. That's something that mm. I, I go into these ruts of like these really, really deep, like um anxiety ruts and then i always self-medicate in some way i'm not in any way i don't i don't use um any sort of drugs in any way i i just it, it never appealed to me but i do self-medicate with sometimes alcohol or sometimes uh sex just to kind of distract myself so i know that like when i start seeing those patterns that i'm probably burning out like if I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety and depression and then I'm also self-medicating, then I'm probably experiencing burnout. And I've gotten better at recognizing those cues to one, pull myself out of it faster. So I'm not just like sitting in it for a while trying to figure things out. What causes it is sometimes it's just your your life, your everyday life that you feel like everything in your everyday life, like your job or your friends or your family need to be a priority, which they are. And you don't make time for your spiritual work. You don't make time for your magical work because you lose time. You just don't have it. But the thing about it is, is that when you, especially from me, who's speaking as someone who is a witch, when you choose to do this, when you choose to practice in this way, when you choose to have a magical practice, a spiritual practice, a devotional practice, it is a commitment that you need to uphold. I'm not going to be the I'm not going to be the person who's going to sit here and tell you that you're fine. You're fi everything is going to be okay. I used to be. I used to be. And you are going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. That's true. It's still true. But saying that is not a it, you can't use that as as a scapegoat because you chose this life. You chose to work within these currents and this this, this realm and these spirits know who you are now. Um they recognize you. And they're going to know when you don't care. And they're going to recognize that. And it's going to be the whole thing where it's like, well, if you don't care, why should I care? Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it's okay for you to necessarily drop your practice because it's not, it's not about you. It's not about your practice is not just about you it's about who you work with or what you work with the spirits that you've been working with the relationships that you've been cultivating even as with now this is just my personal my my own personal i don't know experience even with with mary who's someone who is a, it's an extremely forgiving spirit she is still going to be paying attention to you even if she she notices that you don't you're not really engaged with her anymore she's still gonna stay with you but the thing about it, she's like i said she's still very forgiving she's not gonna give you she's not gonna give you the the attention that you think you deserve <laughs> if you stop it's just it's just not the way it is i mean if you ask i still believe that she'll give 
but not to the extent that you want it to. Like, it's not going to have the same flavor. It's not going to have the same longevity. It's not going to have the same impact as you expect it. Maybe it's like a Band-Aid or a temporary fix. It's kind of the whole thing where it's like you only pray when you when you need to, when you should be praying even when you don't need to, right? It's kind of like those folks who kind of pray when things are tough. And then they make promises saying like, if they pull through or if you get me this money, then I'll be praying every single day. And then they they totally forget about it, right? Their their petition comes to fruition. It comes true. They're like, oh, I got what I wanted. Let's move on, right? Kind of forget. Mm -hmm. So burnout is real, yes. But I do believe that, um, I don't want to gaslight anybody and say that it's all your fault because I don't think that's true. Life happens. Um, But I do believe that there are ways to avoid it. First, look at your practice from and be honest with yourself and see if you're doing too much. I went through, uh, I think it was like the middle of last year where I wanted to purge a lot of the physical things that I was, that I had in my practice because I felt like a lot of, a lot of it, a lot of it was a distraction, which it was, it was a lot of upkeep and it was something that I couldn't, I, I wasn't motivated to, to keep up with. I was doing things that were too complicated and I was expecting way too much for myself. Right. And I was doing I was expecting, I wanted to do more when I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, I was putting too much on my plate. And the reason why I had too much to deal with was because I didn't consider the fact that I don't just have a magical practice. I don't have a devotional practice. I have a, I have a full-time job. I have a social life. I have friends that I, that I want to give my time to. I have family members I want to give my time to. I have my side hustle, which is the podcast and content creating and running a business and also being an editor. So those things are a little bit more concrete. Those things are a little bit less, I don't know, flexible, right? You have to make time for your friends. You have to make time for your family, for your own good. You have to make time for your job or you won't get paid. So... But the thing about it is your your spirituality and your devotional practice, that is a little bit more, there's a little bit more room for you to be a little bit more flexible. And I wasn't giving myself room to be flexible there. I wanted mm-hmm. to do, I wanted to read the Bible every day. I wanted to go to church every Sunday. I wanted to um, do some spell work every single day, doing like some sort of daily practice. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't uphold it. So now it's sim- simplifying. Going back to the bear, like you, I mean, we're coming from a from the perspective of folk magicians. Okay, we're not ceremony, we're not ceremonial sorcerers in any way. We're folk, we're folk practitioners, right? It's based on survival. It's based on need. I'm also not going to go out and say like you should just be performing spell work just for the sake of performing spell work. I think you should be performing spell work for the sake of practice, and then also when you need it. But like doing spell work every single day, it's just not practical. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, what are you doing it for? If it isn't for an actual thing, like if, if it's an, an actual goal or for practice, like practice, I think is, is definitely valid. I just wanted to add on to that. Um, I think, I think like feeling obligated or trying to do something every day in particular with like spell work and magic, aside from like very small things, like, you know, enchanting your coffee or something, but like rituals or whatever, I feel like that can overburden you to the point of, I mean, like we said, like leading to burnout. Fuck. I was going to say something else. Oh, becoming dependent on it, right? Like you don't want to become completely codependent with your magic because we are 
at the end of the day humans right we're not we're not gods or goddesses or or living saints where we can't you know make miracles happen with the snap of our fingers right so like i feel like if you're over engaging with those practices then you're gonna think the moment that you forget to or don't do it that like your life is gonna go to shit at least that's that's my perspective Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well also at the same time you you know working within these currents is exhausting putting yourself in the in the space of of not this physical realm and always being like communing and conjuring all the time is exhausting that's so exhausting casting like one cast is so exhausting like my my financial curse that i performed last year i was like i didn't i didn't perform spell work for like two and a half weeks because i was just so spiritually exhausted i was like that was a huge spell like that was an enormous conjuration where i called upon my my heavenly court i called upon the land spirits and i called upon um ancestors in at one time to help me do this specific curse like it was it was tough and then like going out to like there were times where um franny and i in our own little coven here would go out to the woods and say hi to the spirits just to go and commune just to go out to the spirits in the woods and say hi to them and give our respects leave offerings um conjure them and then leave just to do that just to commune just to communicate just to uphold and cultivate relationships exhausting can't do it every day it's impractical but at the same time like this is not a black and white issue like you you can't just drop it you can't just if you chose this life this is the life you chose there's commitment that's that's um needed for you to be successful and for you to properly venerate the spirits that you work with you have to treat your altar, your your statues, your practice itself as a living being, something that is alive, that you need to take care of. And what is needed varies from person to person. Um, so what I had to do when I was really experiencing a lot of spiritual burnout last year was to simplify. Instead of getting whiskey every single time I wanted to commune and communicate with Michael, I gave him water because that's what I uh, that's what I had accessible to me. Instead of getting all of these huge meals to for my ancestors every single, not every single day, it was like every other day, you know, feeding them every two days was exhausting because I also made a commitment to myself. I was like, if you're, you're going to give your ancestors, your, your, your blood ancestors food, make the food. So I was making them food. I was making them a meal. Like I would make something for myself and I would, I would make it for like the both of us. And I would do that like every two days. It got too much. Like it was, it was getting really, and I was up until like two o'clock in the morning doing that. So I was offering them sugar. I was offering them bread. I was giving them candies and like candies are easy because candies can stay on an altar for a long time. Like food, I have time. to, yeah, food I can only have on the altar for like two days max, and then I have to replace it, right? I always wanted to have something on the altar. That's the reason why I had to like replace it every two days. So I can have candies, um, flowers give me like a week, right? I had to like simplify it. I had to bring it down, dial it down. You know, you don't need to do all of, all of these things all the time. Reserve the big things for the big moments, right? Like reserve the big things, like a big meal and a big like 
feast and a big like huge offerings save for i don't know all saints day right that's a big day for ancestors and saints that's everyone right so save like a big meal for that have a feast or an ancestor's birthday that's something that i like to do for especially for my great great grandfather i know his birthday so i i i i um prepare a feast and we have a meal uh, but so don't, don't try to limit the things that you think you need to do limit the offerings that you think you need to give um simplify it and make it so that it's accessible to you um something that's you know your devotional and your upkeep your spiritual hygiene needs to be habitual it's not necessarily obligation it needs to be habitual because these these are the things that you should want to do you should want to upkeep um, the relationships that you have worked so hard to cultivate, you need to make sure you cultivate and continue those relationships. Yeah, that's like the biggest piece of advice I got from one of my mentors, um, actually, Alexis Arredondo of City Alchemist, during a, a reading because... I was going to say, my, my name is Voga. I just gave you that <laughs> advice. <laughs> I've been I've been fluctuating with my burnout in my, my magical spiritual practice over the last year, maybe even year and a half. The majority of that has been due to a lot of um, mainly the burnout I was going through in the previous job I had, as well as just flows of mainly depression that I only just recently got diagnosed. So again, those aren't excuses to fall out of a practice, but I, I wasn't aware that that was also going hand in hand in tandem affecting my my practice, right? And there's there's an extent- I don't, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. I just want, I, I, before I forget this out of my hand, those are not excuses. Those are reasons. Right, yeah. Having depression and anxiety are not excuses that things happen. They are reasons yeah. things happen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to make sure that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that you falling out of a practice is because- you're depressed and and you're anxious because mm-hmm. that would be gaslighting. I'm not going right. to tell you that. Right. Um, but the thing about it is, is that if you know that because the, these things they they happen they 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 have a domino effect, right? It's you being able to recognize those patterns mm-hmm. and being able to pick yourself out of it, right? Yeah. And you kind of that's what I'm trying to say is like what I learned over the last couple of years is I start to recognize those patterns and I learned how to pick myself out of it faster. Yeah. I was like, oh, I see those cues. This is happening again to me. I'm seeing mm-hmm. these patterns mm-hmm. that are ha- I've I've recognized before, and I take myself out of. It. Okay, go ahead. I'm yeah. Sorry. No, that's fine. I was just going to follow up with what I was saying with the fact that like like spiritual your your court depending on the relationship you have with your spirits, whether that's solely just ancestors or for me Santa Muerte and La Virgen de Guadalupe, like they will their understanding, like they will know if it's you falling out of your practice because of you just strictly being lazy or because you're going through shit in in your own life, like anxiety, like depression. So I didn't want to say that those are excuses by any means, because it's, mm-hmm. it's they're, like you said, they're reasons, and I agree with that. But rather, mm-hmm. what I was trying to say was like, your, your spirits will understand when you're slacking out of laziness versus like not yeah. being able to contribute time and energy because you're going through your own shit as a human being during this incarnation, right? Right. And like you're saying, Voga, that it, over time you learn you will be more likely to learn how to pick yourself up faster out of these spiritual and magical burnouts because when you recognize the patterns or at least take time to be mindful of them and their symptoms, you can then be more mindful of like what you need to do. And I want to add that if you're experiencing burnout for the first time, you may not be aware whatsoever that you're even experiencing it. Last semester, I had to take a class for um, 
as training to be a therapist and it was all about the laws and ethics of being a therapist and one of the things we covered was burnout and oftentimes when therapists which is a profession that has one of the highest burnout rates of all professions that oftentimes when you're experiencing burnout you don't always recognize it in yourself but others will see it within you or like see you experiencing the burnout and have to actually help you kind of become aware of that and and you know, as a therapist, you shouldn't be practicing all burnt out because you can cause harm to clients. And so same thing with your magical spiritual practice, whether you have actual community in person or online, I recommend trying to find an accountability buddy. I mean, Vogue has been a wonderful accountability buddy for me, whether it's um, podcast production. I am the best accountability buddy you could ever find in the world. She's right. Because I'm so good at holding other people accountable, but I need someone to hold me accountable. <laughs> like, it's so... But, like, that's just the way my brain works. Like, I will think of... Other, like, I do it for Frankie, too, where I'm just like, you've been producing a lot of videos. Do you need to take a break? Do I have to remind you once a month to take a break? And they're like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, and... Because and, we forget. And, yeah, and, and as someone who's also diagnosed with ADHD, like, that... that accountability buddy slash body doubling is exactly what i need sometimes not even mm -hmm. sometimes it's exactly what i need in those instances of like yeah. get, garnering that awareness because um i mean honestly the it wasn't until the last one and a half two years where i i i think i'm pretty sure it was the first time i ever experienced um magical spiritual burnout in in my practice because i used to have um when we were talking or when you were sharing voga about being overwhelmed and doing so much that it it, it becomes too much that you then fall out of it that's exactly what happened with me i was praying the rosary every day i my altars evolved from these tiny little altars over time through my devotional practice to these like giant elaborate beautiful intricate altars and so then when i started to go through my own personal like anxieties and depression and then also spiritual magical burnout um on top of that, as they segued into one another, I, I felt so guilty because I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't I don't think I can pray the rosary again every day or every I for a long ass time. I had um, a devotional habit of before leaving the house every single time I would make time like just a few, like one minute at the very least to go to each of my three main altars, my ancestors, Mary and Santa Muerte, to just say a couple quick prayers, or at least one at the bare minimum every day without fail for a very prolonged period of time. I I'm still trying to work on getting back into that, but I, at, at the bare minimum, I'll always pray at Santa Muerte's altar before leaving the house. And I would say one is better than nothing at all. Right. When I, mm -hmm. when I got that advice from, from Alexis, my, my mentor specifically in the Santa Muerte tradition, uh, his advice mm -hmm. was that, you know, take baby steps. Like, like Voga was saying, simplify, like also take baby steps, right? Like if you, yeah. if you had an elaborate practice beforehand and now you're finding yourself really burnt out that you can't upkeep with those devotions you had prior, just wake up and say, thank you for another day to your ancestors right. or whatever spirits you work with. And then build upon that. Like, obviously mm -hmm. don't just stop there and think that's enough, but take those baby steps to just ease yourself back into your practice until you can then build upon that. And it may never look like what it was before. It may never be as intricate or elaborate as it was before. Which is great. Which is great. That means great. you're changing and your practice yeah. is changing and evolving. And that's what I'm actually excited to talk about next is like, I've been feeling really disconnected from my full catholic practice as of late and i thought it was just that that burnout again or that like i just wasn't doing like the right devotionals like i i wasn't i barely pick up my rosary as much anymore mm. i'm looking at my ancestor altar like at the catholic elements and i'm just like you gonna start conjuring demons <laughs> not yet <laughs> um and i just i just wasn't feeling 
like as strong as a resonance as I did before. Obviously, I'm not throwing away the saints I've built relationships with or Mary or my Catholic ancestors. None of that. It's just rather so. now I'm finally being guided by spirit to reintegrate something that I dipped my toes in way, way back. And so for those who may be new to the podcast, Vogue and I have shared our journeys and how we both started out very, very new age. Um, but what led me into new age while I was dissociating from Catholicism in my late teens, early 20s, was um, I was really into looking into the philosophies and religions of Hinduism and Buddhism and Eastern philosophy. Never became like a practitioner at all, but like that's when I started diving into meditation and mindfulness, which in and of themselves are great spiritual practices that can make your magical practice uh, tons times better. But anywho, I've always had this like lingering interest in Buddhism and Eastern philosophies, right? But once I got back into my full Catholic practice, I kind of like left all that behind because I just really got submerged in Catholicism as a mystical, magical practice. And in the last couple of weeks, I had a week-long intensive for school. And um, as a second year, the only class we had during this intensive week was uh, we were studying what's called Gestalt therapy and Gestalt psychology. And the really cool thing about it is that it has its roots and influences from Buddhist psychology and, and Buddhism as a religion because uh, mindfulness is a huge pillar of um, practicing gestalt therapy. And so it's just mind-blowing to me because I, I got back from this retreat a week ago today, actually, and I, you know, I had this new insight of, oh, wait a minute. Like I my heart really had like a passion for Buddhism and for meditation and mindfulness. And I used to have a very dedicated, diligent meditation practice, which has also fallen out over the years that I'm easing my way back into. And it's just beautiful because now I realize like, okay, I can set aside Catholicism as like a religious foundation for now and and start looking back into Buddhism as something that, you know, helps me to reintegrate into the into the spiritual realm because meditation not only is great for you psychologically and emotionally and mentally, but it's also great for you spiritually, right? And so I, I'm really just stoked now because I've already had books on Buddhism, but never really read them. And now I now I am. And when I did have my new age practice or when my practice looked more new age, one of the the spirits or bodhisattvas um, that I always, always felt drawn to was Kuan Yin or as her male form, which I believe came first is Avalokiteshvara. And Kuan Yin's like one of like the biggest, if not the biggest bodhisattva that you'll find in the Buddhist tradition. And a bodhisattva basically just means someone who forgoes attaining and reaching nirvana until every other living being first attains nirvana. It, and it, it's basically like a saint, right? Like they're the saints within the Buddhist tradition. And so now I'm like trying to ease my way back into actually working with Kuan Yin versus just kind of like admiring her as a figure. And now I'm trying to move from the rosary into working with malas, which I've always collected, oh. but never have actually like really sat with and used, which is dope because I know that rosaries have gotten me into a trance state before, but now I can work with a mala where you're just repeating the same mantra over mm -hmm. and over for 108 times. I tried doing a mala, a mala prayer once and I got, I, oh God, it's, 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 it's not easy. It's a really difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, this is when I was like very new age and it, it really does put you in a, like a like a in a space like a space where it's really difficult to remember where you are for some reason it's weird it like it shifts your awareness but then i got distracted like i i get i get easily distracted but for like a good like 10 minutes i was just like i don't even know where i am right now because i'm just so into 
what I'm doing. It works. It really yeah. does work, but it's really difficult to do. So yeah, really cool. It's very much, it's very much um a lot like like praying the rosary. Not not exactly like praying the rosary. Um, I still get very distracted when I pray the rosary because I, I still don't, I don't, I don't know my mysteries by heart. So I still have to, I still have to go back and forth every once in a while. And also I don't even use the, uh, the mysteries all the time. I usually just deal. I, my mysteries are always what's going on around me. So I, I usually pray for what's going on around me anyways. But you mentioned mala beads. I was like, Oh my God, I forgot that I used to have, I used to have three sets of mala beads. I used to have one that was made of howlite, one that's made of amethyst and one that was made of tiger's eye. I don't even know where they are anymore. If I still have them, I'm sending them to you. You can have them. Oh, God, please don't. I Again, I'm trying to simplify my practice again oh, because I okay. have so fucking much. <laughs> I probably don't have them anyway. But yeah, and, and it's cool because comparing malas to rosaries, like they're both forms of prayer beads, right? And so a few yeah. days ago, I was reading articles and there's actually quite a bit of similarities between Buddhism and Catholicism, like clergy-wise, prayer beads, mm-hmm. um, the way merit works. Like for instance, you can pray rosaries or do certain actions and earn indulgences for the souls in purgatory. And in Buddhism, it's uh, called earning merit. So you can get merit for either yourself or for others, whether that's relatives or strangers, through actions, through deeds, and through prayer to help alleviate the amount of time that you'll have to be consistently reincarnated on earth and um, which is known as like samsara yeah it was just a trip to see these these parallels and i was even reading this one article of there was a priest who who was a catholic priest but then in uh on certain days he would then be what was it as he was either a zen buddhist priest or some type of some type of buddhist priest and he called it double belonging i believe it was and so he was he was switching these roles as catholic priest and buddhist priest because he just felt an innate sense of belonging to both of these traditions and of course like dogmatically the church is gonna the catholic church as an institution will tell you you can't do that you can't be both but i'm starting to now feel this draw towards both integrating buddhism back into my life and seriously integrating it as a practice and embodying it versus just like researching it as like a philosophy and seeing how that can go hand in hand with my my uh catholic mystic kind of i don't even like saying religion anymore because it's just taken on such an institutional connotation for me but like my my cat um, my catholic mystic spiritual practice mm-hmm. um so anyways faith. Your faith. my faith yeah and so yeah. I, all that to say is i'm finally finding this foot in the door out of the burnout that i've been experiencing and and finding this path into reintegrating spirituality into my life and meditation y'all i love meditation even though i don't have as a diligent practice anymore it is so good for you it's great for anxiety stress depression Mm -hmm. pain and then opening also like your third eye and and meditation is a huge gateway into being able to to communicate with spirits and receive messages and and get into trance work so it's not just the psychological benefits it has but also the the magical benefits too once you learn how to navigate that realm like like Voga was saying that that altered state you were in beautiful because that was basically bliss like bliss isn't this like walking around with a smile on your face 24 7 bliss is that emptiness of which we are and which we come from and just remembering that um anyways i'm getting carried away i can't i can't i don't like meditating (laughs) i don't like it it's like it makes me mad actually because i can't do it i just don't have the patience for it what I want to know what kind of like, cause there's so many different kinds of meditation. What kind were you trying to do? Like the mindful meditation garbage that I tried to do that I can't, it's not garbage. I'm pretty sure it helps a lot, a lot of people, but like, like the guided mindful meditation. And mm. I don't know, it's, it's strange because guided meditation bothers me because eventually I'm just like, I don't feel good. 
like as I feel like I don't feel calm, I don't feel peaceful. And then eventually like the the voice of who's guiding me starts to annoy me and I start to hate them because I'm just annoyed. Like I'm just I just don't have the patience for it. I don't have the patience to sit there and be present without some sort of script. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. It's so much easier for me to pray because I have something to say and it's easy for me to put myself in that because like the 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 words help me visualize what I want to what I want to pray for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, even just like saying the Hail Mary, you can picture those prayers in your head. Like, what are you, you can picture yourself saying that to her. Yeah. Right. As like meditation is praying for yourself. And I just don't have the patience for, like, I, I don't, like, I just, I just get, I just get, I don't know. I just, I don't, I get annoyed mm. when I, when I meditate. I tried. I really, really tried. I, I, I just, well, I, I mean, I kind of tried and then I gave up because like, I don't like being uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like being uncomfortable when it comes to like, I'm very impatient in my practice, but then also yeah. at the same time, it's like, there are things where I'm really uncomfortable doing something, but I'm also having a blast, you know? Yeah. So like I'm a, when I meditate, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm bored. But like when I go out to the woods to conjure spirits, I'm very uncomfortable, but I'm having so much fun. <laughs> yeah. You know? Cause it's like thrilling. It's like, it's um it's exhilarating um and that's just my personality you know you are you and i are such polar opposites you are very much that person you are very much the person who can be very mindful and very within themselves because you're so conceited um oh bitch you missed it i fucking flipped off a lady yesterday morning because i was walking my dog and this fucking she called you no like we're about to cross a crosswalk mind you my dog's like very much a puller still so she walks slightly in front of me and we were about to cross a crosswalk where there's a stop sign and this lady stops at it but she's too busy looking at her phone that's attached to her dashboard that she didn't even bother to see us in the crosswalk so as we're beginning to walk she literally starts driving and was maybe like two feet away from hitting my dog and and then she has the audacity to like like put up her hand as if like we had a like like a thank you like we allowed her to go when that was not it at all. So I was so fucking livid. I'm like, she like, dead now? I don't Is know. she still alive? Uh, I mean, I didn't do anything to cause it. If it did, that's um, what I'm asking you. I would, wouldn't put my time and energy towards that. But uh, it's just I, I want to go back to the meditation part because uh, if she I, hit my dog, she would have been dead. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just funny because what you were detailing, like all of those feelings and emotions coming up, the, like the impatience and the discomfort, those are all pieces, like those are all parts of, of meditation. Like that's that's the practices you were becoming aware of those things. And really the, the whole point of meditation is to just build Oh, okay. Well, right? in, in that case, then I am the best meditator ever because I was very aware that I was annoyed and irritated. <laughs> well, it was, it's really cool that you had that experience though of those 10 minutes. I want to do a whole episode on meditation low key, but th- th- those 10 minutes you experienced of like losing your sense of self, that was like dissolution of the ego, or at least that's what it sounds like to me. And that's the, that's just wild that you experience that because that usually often takes, you know, hours upon hours of someone to, to meditate, to even get like, a oh no, it took me. Feeling. I, it didn't happen within no no it didn't happen within 10 minutes this was like the third round of me going around the mala beads. that's that's still so so soon for someone who's like just trying something out like yeah like that. i was so like i felt so it felt like i was floating it was crazy but it was yeah. like maybe like 10 minutes i don't know you kind of lose track of time you know i was sitting on my bed i was trying to do it and i, mm-hmm. I you know i put on this like clinky clinky music <laughs> 
it's so it's so like like la girl going to a like a like a reiki studio <laughs> it was very that so it, it was i don't know it was very now that i think about it I, I cringe i was very into it then um but now that i'm like looking back on it like if i could talk to that if i can talk to that version of voga i'm just like snap out of it you've got you got you've got work to do <laughs> like let's let's do this a little bit earlier please like speed it up Damn, but, bro, you need zen in your life <laughs> I don't I don't have patience for Zen. <laughs> I need I get That's the bored. problem. Listen, I get bored. I get really, really bored because of my attention deficit. Because I'm deficit of attention. <laughs> I'm, a de- I'm I'm deficit of paying they attention. Shoot me both. But the thing about it is is that it's like I don't don't I just don't get irritated when I'm bored. I'm mad when I'm bored. I'm right. I, I like I get angry when I'm bored because I was like, what am I I'm because I don't like wasting my time. Yeah. And I, mean, I feel like when I'm bored. A symptom of ADHD is being. 100%. Yeah. 100%. When I am bored, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And I don't like wasting my time. I feel like I need to be doing something that is. Fu- I feel like I need to constantly be being. Like, feel like I'm being fulfilled in what some way. What do you way. do to relax? I listen to music. Something is. I can't sit in quiet. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely oh, crazy. Oh, say, I can't... No, no, no. I mean, aside from when I'm, like, doing some type of meditation, sure. But, like, you know what's so funny? I When my when I was taking the assessment for ADHD, and it was asking the question, it was like, oh, are you unable to do tasks without having noise in the background, like TV or music? And I was like, I thought everyone does that. <laughs> Wait, like, you, you thought that everyone has music on or watches TV I thought, or like, Yeah, like, like, like cleaning mm, the yeah. house and playing music or, or just, well, like, having white noise or something going on in the background. No, like, I knew that people didn't do that. I knew that there was something wrong with me <laughs> because I can't do it. Like, <laughs> because my grandmother has it, too. My grandmother, she can't fall asleep without the TV on. She has the TV running the entire night. She can't oh, fall. Wow. If it's quiet, she can't sleep. Peachy and must love her. Huh? I said the PG&E must love her. The what must love her? PG&E. Do you guys have Pacific Gas and Electric? Whatever the electric company is down oh. there for y'all. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. So, yeah. So the power, power. Yeah. 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 Because she has, she has a light on and she has her TV on all night. She's retired. She's, <laughs> she's living off the government's check. But yeah, I, I mean, that's a really good question. What do I do to relax? I listen to records. I listen to music always calms me down. Mm-hmm. Um, even um, doing my makeup, I can't do it in silence. I can't. It's like it's either I'm listening to music or I'm talking to like if I'm getting ready with something like if I'm with Franny. If Franny stops talking, I'll be like, girl, can you turn on some music? <laughs> Franny's different. Franny is neurotypical. That's disgusting. Um, I know it's so it's so annoying. I asked her, she was like, "Girl, are you neurodivergent in any way?" She goes, "I don't think so. Like, I'm pretty normal." I was like, "That's why you're so fucking boring to be around sometimes." <laughs> but like, she'll stop talking, and it's just completely quiet. And I'm just like, "Can we turn on some music or something? Can we put on a TV show or something?" Like, it's so yeah. quiet. So, like, when I'm watching, like, when I'm doing my makeup or if I'm doing anything, mm-hmm. um, there has to be something going on. You know it. Yeah. It it um but if I do really just want to wind down, you know, like sitting on the beach, that shit's not relaxing to me. Like oh, I love doing it's that. like sensory overload sometimes. Like I need to have, be having fun on the beach. Like I need to be drinking or you know, playing games, like or reading something. That's nice. I like reading on the beach. That's that's very nice. Oh, I forgot you knew how um, to read. Yeah, I I um I hooked on phonics. I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> um 
but like I can sit and like listen to the water for like five minutes and it gets old real quick. Really, really quick. Oh, I love just listening to the waves of the ocean. I do too for five minutes. <laughs> when I stop hating it, I mean, when, when I stop loving it, I'll stop and do something else. But yeah, so I don't have music is very important to me. You already know that music yeah. is yeah. music is like a huge part of my life. Um, it's always been a huge. I've been always very musically inclined. Hearing good music is something that I. I just I'm just really good at it. Like I'm good at listening to good music and I recognize songs like my ear my the way my brain works it's very musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Um there's something about music that just makes me feel good and incorporating music into my practice actually makes it a lot less stagnant. Um, yeah. which is like a really good se- segue into going back to the topic. It actually well, that's brings exactly, me That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, it actually incorporates uh, bringing music into my into a practice is very effective mm-hmm. for me because it actually makes me want to practice because like I incorporate my like I told you before, I incorporate my grandfather's music into my ancestral work. I imp- incorporate musicians into my ancestral work. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I work with uh, I, I, I venerate Freddie Mercury and Pete Burns. Yeah. So I incorporate their music into my, and then also when I'm just casting, I have music playing and it's not just like, it's not like Gregorian chants because like that, there's a time and a place for Gregorian chants, but um, time and place, where's the decorum? <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that most of the time and the place isn't for Gregorian chants for me. Right. So if like, I'm doing like, I don't know, a like a power spell, for example, I'm playing Beyonce right if i'm doing like a self-love spell i'm playing beyonce mm-hmm. you know i'm doing like some sort of like you know self-love or whatever i'm playing beyonce for sure I've never, i still haven't found like there's only i can count on my one hand like the amount of times where i've played music while doing spell work or something because for me it's hit oh or my miss. God. Like, I'll I either, do it every single time i either get too distracted by the music or it, it actually like it helps influence it's it's like very 50 50 like the one time i remember doing it for sure was when i was doing a money spell and so i was playing like a bunch of uh just badass songs about money i was playing money by like lake kelly 47 which what's is the other one song. what's the what's the um and what's what's the jesse j song Any about <laughs> i got the, the money 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 <laughs> <laughs> that one made us all break it down <laughs> That version. I want you to play that version while you cast. Oh, uh, but um, break it down. Yeah, what I was gonna ask you next was like, because we covered simplicity, right? Like simplicity as a way to help managing magical burnout and easing and like back avoiding into, it. Uh, I, I don't even something about saying avoiding it is hard for me because I feel like it's something that's always going to happen at one point or another, and so I, I I see it more as managing it rather than avoiding it. But that's just my my view of it. But uh, what was I going to say? So aside from simplicity and simplifying one's practice, right? I, I, actually, one last thing on simplicity. Um, yeah. Strip down your altars. If you have yes. one altar oh my or many God. altars and you're going through burnout. Just fucking strip it all. If you have altar cloths, wash them and wipe down yes. your statues and then rebuild it because you find have yourself... You ever, have you ever bathed your statues? I've never bathed them, but I have like wiped them down and anointed them with oils. Bathe them. It is an incredible experience. Okay, so I don't know if I made this up, but when I get a new... Sta- I haven't got a new statue in a long time, but when I did get new statues, I would wash them in holy water like not well it's like water with florida water and holy water and i treated it as if washing your disciples feet 
Okay. That's the mm. reason why he did it. That was the thing that popped into my head was when Christ was washing their feet. Like I am no better than you. Right. I did that with my statues. I kind of did the same kind of thing where I would put, put it in a bowl filled with water and I would anoint it with holy water and, and um, Florida water. And I would take like another cup and like douse the top of it with water. There's a, there's a video on my Instagram of me doing it to my Marian statue and it's really beautiful. And then I put some like rose petals in the water and I put some floating candles in the water and then I consecrate the, That's I do beautiful. like a spell where I can't consecrate the, do it but what rai's talking about to strip it down and Mm -hmm. start all over Mm -hmm. it's a brilliant idea something that i do when i like when i like need to clean my space is i have a bin i have like a like a like a cloth bin or even an uh, i i use like those big ass ikea bags and anything that's out of place everything that's out of place put it into that bag instead of going into like finding something's out of place, putting that away, finding another thing that's out of place, putting it away, put everything that's out of place into a bag and then empty the bag. Okay. That's kind of like how I efficiently and um, without getting overwhelmed, clean my space, do the same thing with your altar, strip it down, put everything that's out of place in a bag or somewhere like, you know, whatever, and put it back. And you'll start to realize, I don't think I need this anymore. That's exactly what I did. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. fantastic. I'm yeah. like looking at my ancestor altar right now too. I'm like, fuck. No, there's just so much on my altar I'm looking at right now that like I that doesn't need to be there. And my my ancestor altar is one that I haven't stripped down in a while. Like I've done Mary's, mm-hmm. I don't know, sometime in the last several months. I made this new one for Santa Muerte on the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Um, but her her main one in my bedroom definitely needs a redo. Uh, anywho, yes, simplifying through acts, through devotions, simplifying altars. Um but I wanted to ask Love you, like, that. what else do you feel helps you to manage or in your case, avoid burnout when you notice yourself with the symptoms other than simplifying? Other than simplifying, you have to make it fun again. Like mm. magic is supposed to be fucking fun. Like magic is fucking cool. Listen, you are now the witch or the wizard, uh, wizard, the witch, wizard, sorcerer, whatever that you dreamt of becoming as a child. Like, you're actually performing magic. That's so fucking cool. When did you lose sight of that? When did you forget that you were actually performing magic? When did you forget that you were actually harnessing power? When did you forget that you were actually, you had the power to change things and manipulate things around you? Mm -hmm. Conjure weather. To ask for protection. To ask for, to, 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 to actually physically be responsible for someone's downfall. Like, make it fucking cool again. Put yourself in a place, like, cosplay, for God's sake, if you want to. Put yourself, like, get a really dope-looking fucking outfit and look like the witch that you want to fucking be. Just make it fucking fun. Like, just do something cool. Um, Like, what made you excited about doing magic when you first started doing it? Mm -hmm. What was exciting about it before? Yeah. Think about the feelings that happen when you like witnessed your first spell come into fruition, right? Like just go back into it with that childlike wonder of like what can happen versus like, I know what, what will happen. Right. Cause 
at the end of the day we don't fucking know just the, regaining that childlike wonder that comes with realizing the power that we have as as humans as beings as witches practitioners whatever label you you use um as well as like adopting what's called the beginner's mind which i, I want to say comes from buddhism can't remember 100 percent sure but the beginner's mindset of like there's so much to learn, right? Like don't overwhelm mm -hmm. yourself again and try to learn every single thing possible at once and then burn out again, but rather, mm -hmm. wow, what's like something new I haven't learned yet? Like, oh, I haven't done baneful magic. Let me learn how to do a curse or let me learn a new way to cast a protection spell that I haven't tried before, right? Like just just, mm -hmm. just go back into it. Like you haven't ever experienced it again. And like Voga said, like make it fun. Like you have to remember that you being a witch to your friends is really cool. Like that's a really cool thing that you're a witch or you're you you do magic or whatever. Like they might think that you're nuts, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, we're, we're a little bit. Um, like remember that. Like remember that people think that you're actually kind of cool because you do think you know do things like that. now I'm surrounded by witches, so it's like I'm like the least cool at everybody. Like I I have like I have like friends who are like they're conjuring up like goetic demons you know what i mean like that's cool like that's that's very that's cool um what i do is very um vanilla compared to what i mean don't do. downplay your practice i mean if you tell someone oh i work with the queen of heaven no like, i'm just that's just as cool i know it's cool like it's cool to me but like it's not like you know you're not you're not putting like a folk catholic on like the chilling adventures of sabrina you know right. what I mean? Like that's right. cool. Um, that's like there's a there's a certain aesthetic <laughs> when it comes to like being a witch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're not making movies about folk Catholics um, yet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, make it cool. Make it fun. It's not supposed to be this grueling, like mm -hmm. annoying thing that you have to do. Like, what's gonna make you want to do it is if it's fun. You know. Um, and that's what I fall out of sometimes where it's like, it's just not, it doesn't feel fun anymore. So pick up a new book that you haven't like, that has stuff that you like. When I picked up of blood and bones changed my entire practice of blood and bones <laughs> ruined me. <laughs> like that, that book is incredible. And it's because it, it helped me gain so much more perspective in how I could practice my, my, my craft. Um, and I have never looked back. And now I, I just like I'm a constant death worker. She looks with... like it. Mm hmm. Um, but like do things like that. Find new sources, find new people, find, mm -hmm. you know, mentors to make it cool, make it fun. Yep. Um, That's exactly what I was going to that... say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I think I want to talk about in the post show, patreon.com slash um, the red text. Um, if you want to listen to the post show, what I want to talk about in the post show is what we are going to, what we have planned and what we have, what we want to see our practice grow into within the next year. Cause I mm. have some ideas. Um, I have some things that I want to work on and I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, Patreon.com slash the red text on um, <laughs> subscribe, <laughs> subscribe, please do. Um, but um, with that said, do you have anything else to say about magical burnout? Uh, I just wanted to elaborate a little bit on on the last piece you said of like finding a mentor. Like I know that's not always accessible locally accessible. or yeah. even financially accessible. But if you are able to find a reputable teacher, a mentor, whatever, like do it. And and they'll always present themselves when it's the right time too. Like that's, that's always been the case for me is that my mentors have always come at the time that I needed them to. Um, and it, I don't know, that's just, that's just how it's worked for me. 
your mileage may vary, but, but by having like a mentor, like you have someone in and of itself, that's an accountability buddy. Um, someone with experience who's likely also gone through the same burnout experiences you have in some way, shape, or form, and someone who can give you assignments, give you homework, things to do. Not that that sounds burdensome, homework, right? But like when when you're trying to get yourself out of burnout and don't know where to start, it really helps to have these assignments and and homework to do because it gives it gives you something to do, and you can build off of whatever it is that you're being asked, invited, or told to do by your your mentor or teacher. So if you can find a mentor, find a teacher. If not that, find community that you can try to work with that, again, can hold one another accountable as well as you don't know everything. I don't know everything. Like there's always going to be someone who knows something that we don't, that you don't, that I don't, that we can learn from. And so when you have community, be it in person, online, or both, that also can help so much, especially just even in in the form of support when you're going through these burnout episodes. So spark notes of the episode when going through burnout, recognize the symptoms, how they manifest for you. It might not be the same way for every person. Know what will help you in those times of burnout, as well as simplify and make it fun and just fucking get off your ass and just do it. Eventually, get up, get off your ass and do it. Nobody, what, what is what is that Kim Kardashian soundbite? Get off your ass to, and yeah, nobody yeah, wants to, to work, work anymore. <laughs> Get off your fucking ass and work. Nobody wants to work anymore. It's so true. Um, but yeah, like do the do it. And if you feel like you're bored or anxious or depressed, address it and um, pick it back up again. Take your time. Take mm-hmm. all the time you need. Um, but you have to remember that there are spirits involved that you can't ignore. At the very least, do something. Do something every day. Do one thing, say hi, say thank you and name them and work with that and then work, grow, you know, build from that. Just do something that will, that that you're still paying attention to them and that you are aware that they're paying attention to you, right? Treat all of these spirits, entities, your tools, your, your, your altar, your um, herbal allies, with the respect that they deserve and with uh, and with the re- relationship that you've cultivated with them don't abandon that yeah it's like put it in the context of like a relationship with someone you deeply care about whether that's an intimate partner or family member or just a platonic friend that you love dearly like you wouldn't just of course like you know things like we mentioned previously of mental health and emotional and psychological health can affect those relationships but you're not going to just let them fall permanently out of hand. If you truly care about that right. person, you're going to try to reestablish mm. connection, even if that's at the bare minimum, just being like, Hey, I know I've been gone for a while. This is why. And I want to, I want to be in your life again. I want to be present. Like that's all, that's all it takes to reestablish contact. Same with our spirits. Right. Um, yeah. Just, just be, be upfront with them. They, you know, just be upfront with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, and with that said, I would like to just take the time to do another shameless plug and saying, please, if you haven't already, join the Patreon because we have early video versions of our episodes posted about a week or so before the public publish uh, of the audio version of the podcast. Um, you get that on the Patreon. 
you get um, monthly rosary circles. Uh, and uh, you also get um, extra content like post shows, which we're about to film right now, where we speak for another 30-ish minutes about something that we want to talk about. Um, so you get extra content, you get extra bonus episodes, as well as blog posts. Um, uh, Rye right now is working on uh, Queer is the Word, which is a... F- a uh, 40 day devotional yeah. something or other. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that uh, Rai is going to be posting on the Patreon, which is another source of information that I think that a lot of people will um, find very enlightening. So extra stuff on the Patreon. It supports us. It supports the podcast. It helps buy us coffee and sometimes even just lunch <laughs> on a random day. Um, it goes a long way. So um, if you haven't already, please join the Patreon. We have three tiers, a $5 tier, a $10 tier, and a $20 tier. Um, Correct? Yes, which may change in the foreseeable future. Which may change, yes, because we're going to be shifting around the benefits a little bit. Um, So uh, find the tier that suits and feels best for you and support the podcast. Thank y'all for joining us for another Unholy Communion with the Red Text Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rai, a.k.a. the Mestizo Mystic. And I am Voga. I am Voga Illumisente. And we will see you later. Bye.